You see, being in the Spirit on the Lord's Day doesn't happen on the Lord's Day. It's the lifestyle. It's the way that we live. It's those things that we know that God wants us to do. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Welcome to In Grace. This is Jim Scudder, and today we're going to continue our series, Armageddon's Dawn, a verse-by-verse look at the book of Revelation and the end times. Today, my message is titled, Eyes of Fire. We'll play the first part of this message today and part two tomorrow as we are going through Revelation. And this is such an incredible book. The first chapters deal a lot with today and the church. And today we're going to talk about the one who wrote or penned, I guess is a better way to put it, the book of Revelation. Uh, His name is John, the apostle, and he is exiled. Uh, He is on the isle called Patmos. I've been to Patmos and uh, they actually have a cave that they think maybe he was uh, in. It has this really neat natural looking stone where it kind of looks like a writing table. So you can just almost imagine him in a trance uh, writing this incredible view of the future. And uh, it's really the revelation of Jesus. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Jesus, the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. And the reason I titled today's message, Eyes of Fire, is because we get a full description of Jesus in his glory. And it's awesome. It's awesome. And I can't wait to meet him face to face. Uh, But we get to get a little bit of a glimpse at him here in our study of the book of Revelation. By the way, the full Armageddon's Dawn series is audio series is available on a CD on MP3s. There's 43 sermons. You can get that on our website in graceradio.com or call us at 1-800-78-GRACE. We also have a free prophecy chart that you can have just as a thank you for listening that will really help you as we go through Bible prophecy. 1-800-78-GRACE or in graceradio.com. Also, let me remind you that on Wednesdays, we have a television show called In Grace. Tonight on TBN, you'll be exploring God's ocean as I dive underwater with a friend of mine with a PhD in marine biology. He's a creationist, and together we show you God's incredible world underwater. You'll also hear the audio portion of that on Friday and our weekend edition of In Grace. So watch tonight on TBN, the world's largest Christian television network, or anytime on YouTube or Roku. This is an epic study because we're talking about the future. How are we to know the future? Because we are finite beings. We don't have the insight into what's going to happen in the next five minutes, let alone the next five years or the next 500 years. But we serve and love and know an infinite God who is outside of time, and he does know the past, the present, and the future. And we're going to talk about the future. We're going to talk about Jesus Christ being revealed. And today we will learn a lot more about the way the glorified Christ looks. We often think of Jesus as very white, very hippie hair, kind of wimpy. What we're going to see today is anything but what we normally think of. I don't think he looked like that when he was on this earth, 
I think he had more uh, tan skin, right in the middle probably of the pigment that we all have. We all share the same, really, skin color. We just have different shades of brown. I think he would have probably been right smack dab in the middle. I don't think he would have had long, flowing, straight hair. I think he would have had a shorter hair. He would have had a beard, and he would have been someone that wouldn't necessarily stand out to you physically, but his essence would. The way that he spoke would stand out. The way that he would look at you would stand out. We're going to talk about one of the features that is revealed to us about the glorified Christ today, and that are his eyes, and it's described as eyes of fire. So as we look at the Lord Jesus, and as we think about those eyes, I started to think about eyes. You know, the human eye is very different than animal eyes. And anytime they draw the kind of the ape-like creature that they say that we evolved from, by the way, if you teach people that we came from apes, we're going to act like animals. And we wonder why kids are shooting kids in schools. It's because the schools have been teaching the kids that we are ancestors of animals. But animals are different because their pupil takes up most of their eye, and you don't see the white, but in humans, you see the white. And you know for sure, even at a distance, if someone is looking directly at you or if they're looking just off to the side. Isn't that interesting? Have you ever wondered why? I mean, you know for sure. And sometimes you even know if someone's looking at you from behind you. Now, we all know teachers know what's going on behind them because they have eyes back there, but most of us don't. But you still have that sense, right? We have this ability as humans to know when someone's looking at us. And even if you're looking a few degrees off, you can tell that. But if someone's looking at you, you can, it just seems like they, your pupils are connecting. And it's an amazing thing that our brain can tell if someone's looking directly at us. Have you ever had someone being nosy and kind of looking over your shoulder? This happens all the time on airplanes, and I'm sitting there. Airplanes, I get more work done because there's not a lot of other distractions going on. The longer the flight, the more work I get done. So sometimes I just book a flight to go get my <laughs> sermon prepared or my book written or whatever I have to do. But there's always somebody looking at what I'm doing, which is actually pretty cool because I have a lot of verses on there, you know, about the Lord and about salvation. And I don't care if they look. But if you have someone, look, here's a tip. If you have someone at work that's nosy and they kind of keep looking over your shoulder at your computer, here's what you do. Open up your search bar and start typing in how to kill people looking over my shoulder. <laughs> That'll stop it, I promise you. You might be arrested, but it'll, it'll definitely stop. <laughs> we're gonna look at the glorified Christ, not just his eyes, but we're gonna look at his feet. We're gonna look at his countenance. We're going to look at what he's wearing. We're going to look at his word as a sword coming out of his mouth. This is going to be an impressive and perhaps frightening image, but it shouldn't be frightening to us. So let's go to Revelation chapter 1, and let's start in verse 9. I, John. I, John. So who is the penman of the book of Revelation? It is John. Who is this John? This is John the Apostle. This is the one in the inner circle, the disciple that was the one that Jesus loved. 
He was one of the main three of the 12. He was there for things other people weren't there for. He was able to get insight from the Lord. He knew the Lord better than anybody. Can you imagine this? John, he penned five books of the New Testament, including this one. It seems like it was released from exile. And tradition says that he was to be executed in a vat of hot oil, but survived and was the only of the apostles that died of old age. The rest, by tradition, the people tell us, died from martyrdom. So he is a unique and and interesting man. And where's this island of Patmos? He says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation. I love those words, brother, companion. Aren't you glad when you have people that are like brothers to you? And are shoulder to shoulder with you. They believe in you. They're helping you. They're for you. They're there for you. It's a wonderful thing to have that. And you know what? Other believers in church, you have that. You have that person. And that's what we're trying to cultivate here is is showing that brotherly love to those around you. Because we are all related. First through Adam, but more importantly through Christ. So he calls them brothers and companions in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. Again, this is about Jesus Christ. This is about the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the theme of this book. And I'll show you this chart that is featuring the sequence of events that is supposed to take place according to the book of Revelation. You have here, the theme of Revelation is the return of Christ. The first part is the return of Christ at the rapture of the church. This is the church age right here, and we're in this age. When we read about the seven churches of Revelation, we're going to read about them today, and in the next parts of our series, we're going to go into detail on these seven churches But there's a point when all churches are taken and Christ returns, not to the earth, but in the air. We read about the rapture of the church. By the way, the rest of the book of Revelation is about a seven-year judgment period and a series of judgments, the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, the bowl judgments, a series of judgments that are poured upon the earth. We don't read about the church anytime past Revelation chapter 3, all the way till almost the very end of Revelation. And in verse 16 of chapter 22, all of a sudden, the word church appears again. If you want to learn more about the Bible's end time prophecies, In Grace and Pastor Jim Scudder have great resources that will help you. First, we have a large prophecy chart that we will send you absolutely free. And when you give a gift of any amount, you'll also receive our eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, filmed in Israel. This series will give you a visual experience that will transport you to the very places mentioned in Revelation. We also would like to send you Pastor Jim's entire 43-sermon audio series, Armageddon's Dawn, on CD or MP3 for gifts of $30. Don't miss out on this opportunity to enrich your understanding of biblical prophecy. Contact In Grace today at 800-78-GRACE. That's 800-78-GRACE. 
visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to Ingrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Get your free prophecy chart and unlock the secrets of the end times today. But there he was, verse 10, in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. In the Spirit on the Lord's Day. You know, when you come to church, and we call this the Lord's Day, we call it the Lord's Day because this is the first day of the week. This is not the Sabbath. That was yesterday. Jesus came. He fulfilled the law and the prophets. He still, I believe, wants us to gather together once a week. It's a very, very good thing to have a time of worship and rest. Why today? Why on a Sunday? Why the first day of the week? Why on the first day of creation, Sunday? We usually think of Sunday as the end of the week. It's actually the beginning of the week because he rose again on Sunday. He rose again the first day of the week. They came, they found the tomb was empty. So we gathered together. It's really astounding how the Jewish people worshiped and worshiped today on a Saturday. What changed all of the disciples, why were they gathering together on Sunday now? Why was John in the Spirit on the Lord's Day on Sunday? What changed? Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Now, this is a significant day, and why did he do it on Sunday? Because he is trying to illustrate to us the new creation, the New Testament. And I love that we gather together on a Sunday, and how do we get in the Spirit on the Lord's Day? Well, I don't believe it starts on Sunday. Getting in the spirit, meaning I'm prepared to worship God fully today in a unique and corporate way. I'm prepared to pray with other believers and sing with other believers and, and hear the word of God with other believers and, and allow the Lord to penetrate into the deepest crevice of my life and to convict me and to change me. I'm prepared, I'm in the spirit on the Lord's day. That doesn't happen at 10 o'clock Sunday morning. It actually happens on Saturday night. What time are you getting to bed? <laughs> I mean, let's get some rest. Let's be prepared physically to come together on this day. And perhaps on Friday, did you prepare for the Lord's Day on Friday by spending some time praying to the Lord? And on Thursday, putting down your device and actually talking to your children and your wife at the dinner table, preparing to be in the spirit for the Lord's day. It goes back to Wednesday. Did you help fold the laundry? Are you showing love to your wife on Wednesday, preparing to be in the spirit on the Lord's day? And maybe on Tuesday, you could prepare for Sunday by being in the word of God and reading something that he said. And, and maybe we can go all the way back to Monday to prepare for the Lord's day. Did I share Christ with my coworker? I had that wonderful opportunity. We were sitting at lunch and, and, and he asked me something and I had a perfect open door. Did I step through that door and share what makes the difference in my life? You see, being in the Spirit on the Lord's Day doesn't happen on the Lord's Day. It's the lifestyle. It's the way that we live. It's those things that we know that God wants us to do. So let's all be better at being prepared for Sunday church. 
He was in the spirit on the Lord's day. By the way, remember he was in exile. He was lonely. He was under arrest. Can you be in the spirit even under bad circumstances? Some of you have had some terrible, terrible news this week. I actually know a couple in this room that had probably the the hardest week that I've ever known. Can we be in the spirit even under those intense, horrible, sad circumstances? I think we can. Because God is greater than our circumstances. He cares about us so much. He loves us so much. He's going to help you through whatever it is. And here, even John, in exile, isolated, lonely, under arrest for no, doing nothing wrong except for preaching the word of God, he was still in the spirit on the Lord's day. Do you see what God did through him and for him? It's really incredible. And then look back at Revelation 1.10, the, the second part. And heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Have any of you ever been scared by a sound? <laughs> it probably happens all the time, right? Just a real loud, unexpected sound usually behind you. You're startled. What do you do? Well, you don't just keep doing what you were doing. You turn around. You want to see what made the noise, right? And he hears a great voice. He likens the voice here to a trumpet. We have brass instruments in our orchestra in this church, and I love the sound of brass because it's loud, and it's, it's piercing, and it's wonderful, unless you don't know how to play, like me. And it's a horrible sound. Either way, it's a sound, and it gets your attention. So what was this voice saying that startled him as he was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, verse 11, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning. He is the end. He is the first. He's the last. He is he's outside of time. What is Alpha and Omega? Well, that's the, the Greek alphabet, the beginning and the end. It's as if we say in English, from A to Z. From A to Z. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the first. He's the last. This is Jesus himself. And he says, what thou seest, write in a book. You know what? You have it now. Every one of you has access to the book. We have the book. It's the last book of the Bible. It's the 66th book of the scriptures. It's the very last word from God to us. Turn in your Bible to the very last book and you'll find the book. I love the fact that we have it today. That the Alpha and the Omega has written through John the Apostle. And he says, write it in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. And by the way, that is modern day Turkey. Let's read the the different cities that had these churches. And then we'll go back to the map. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. We have these seven churches. Sometimes they're called the seven churches of the Apocrypha. Sometimes they're called the seven churches of Revelation. But here are the seven churches. This is modern day Turkey. When you see Asia, you're usually thinking of the Orient, China, somewhere up there. But no, this is Asia Minor which is modern-day Turkey. This was part of the Roman Empire. So why these seven churches? 
Why Pergamum or Pergamos, Thyatira, Smyrna, Sardis, Philadelphia, Ephesus, Laodicea? Why these seven churches? What's interesting to me, as we go in to study them, I find that they are written to, for three purposes. One, Jesus wanted John to write these things for their good, these actual literal seven churches. They needed to know something from God. So that's one. Two, I believe that each of these seven churches, as we study them, we will see how they lay out in church history. And we have church ages. Each age is represented pretty closely lining up with one of these churches. So each church represents a church age. And guess which one we're in now? I believe we're in the last one, which is Laodicea. Why do I believe that? Because... The church today is lukewarm. And Jesus says, I would spew thee out of my mouth. We don't have any good ways to say throw up, vomit. We say toss cookies. I mean, yeah, that's a little bit, you know, more kosher than vomit. But it only is true if you've had cookies, you know. And no one throws up cookies. Usually it's something far worse. But we're in that age. This is the age of carnality, the age of the church being just like the world. And that's wrong. So I believe that this is the Laodicean age, but I also believe, and we're going to expound on this more, that any church today can be like any of these churches. And there's a couple churches in here, when we read about them, we're going to actually read some wonderful things about those churches. Some of them had done some good things and some bad things. Some of them had done only good things and Laodicea. <laughs> so I believe any church today can reflect any of those churches that we are going to study. So these are the seven churches. The first three chapters of Revelation are dealing with the church. And then, gone. Why? Again, it's because I believe the rapture is coming before the seven-year tribulation period. And if the rapture is coming soon, which I kind of feel it is, I hope that you are ready. I hope you're serving the Lord today with enthusiasm, with, with some zealousness, because it literally could be our last day to serve him uh, because he could return or he could even call us home uh, in death. And now I hope we can avoid that by the rapture, but either way, just serve the Lord faithfully today. If you want to find out more information about the end times and Bible prophecy, we have some great resources for you. We have the entire Armageddon's Dawn sermon series. It's 43 sermons, and you can get that from us here at Grace when you go to our website, ingraceradio.com, or call us at 1-800-78-GRACE. That series is just under $30 and has a wealth of information about the end times. Also, we have a free prophecy chart when you call us or go to our website. This will really help you understand the end times as we go through the series. If you get the audio series or the video series, Armageddon's Dawn, this chart is really helpful to have, and we'll make sure we send it to you when you order either of those products 
Or if you just want it by itself, just call us and it's free. Call us at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or ingraceradio.com. Now, I mentioned the video series. This is the same thing, Armageddon's Dawn, but it's only eight parts. So it's a lot more digestible, and it's filmed in Israel with incredible things behind me like the Temple Mount and I'm in Megiddo where the Battle of Armageddon is going to take place and other places. We have some great Bible prophecy teachers on this as well. So if you'd like to get the eight-part video series Armageddon's Dawn, that's for your gift of any amount to this ministry. Contact us right now. Are you ready for an end times journey of biblical proportions? Get the stunning Armageddon's Dawn Prophecy Chart for free. Or give any amount and receive the incredible Armageddon's Dawn 8-part video series. Plus, you can order the 43-part audio preaching series. Contact InGrace today at 800-78-GRACE, ingraceradio.com, or write to InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us 800 78 Grace or go online ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.